We've all heard of feng shui, but after today's episode, you'll be able to see it as more than a marketing ploy and understand it as the tool it can be in creating the life you want. We also get to chat a little about clutter, something I'm a little too familiar with and something you may be a little familiar with also. Welcome to The Grit Show, growth on purpose. I'm Shauna Rodriguez, and I'm honored to be leading you on today's journey as part of this community growing together as seekers and thrivers. I'm glad you found us. Stick around to the end of the show to hear more about how to enter our giveaway that is wrapping up at the end of August. Today's guest is Crystal. She is a feng shui master, an interior designer, and a clutter expert who helps work-from-home entrepreneurs turn their spaces into offices they love to work in, even if they suck at it. Using her proprietary framework, the Design Life Method, Mind, Body, Soul, Home, she helps her clients declutter and design a workspace that empowers them to create the life and business that they want. Crystal shows women how to use their workspace as a 3D vision board to help them design who they are becoming and the life they want with it. Thank you so much for being here, Crystal. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So how did you first get involved and looking at feng shui and looking at clutter? How did I first get involved? I, I sort of feel like that was, I was destined to be there, <laughs> really. Nice. Um, yeah. Interior design was always my thing, right? Uh-huh. Even when I was a little girl, I was always rearranging the furniture in my Barbie dream house or in my old bedroom, quite frankly, in my sister's <laughs> bedroom, like you name it. I was always moving the furniture and decorating stuff. Then when I went to college, like I really didn't know what to go to school for. I debated back and forth between forensic psychology and interior <laughs> design of all things because they're super closely related. Well, it sounds like you found the place they're closely related. Huh? I did. I did, actually. I did, mm-hmm. uh, which is the funny part because I went to school to be an interior designer. And in my psychology class in college, <laughs> I had to write a paper related to my field of study. Mm-hmm. And the instructor put this little caveat on it that, only one topic was allowed. Like we couldn't have everybody writing like the psychology of color. Like it was <laughs> you had to sign up for your paper and it was only one person per topic. And at the time, feng shui had been popular in the United States for yeah. about five or six years. It's been around in China for thousands of years, mm-hmm. but it had only been in the United States for about five or six at that time. And so I'd heard of it, but you know, I hadn't, really had time to study it. Like it was something that I was interested in and it was on my radar and I knew it had to do with energy and, and the house and this sort of stuff, but I didn't really know. So I was like, okay, well, this is perfect, right? I could write my paper about this, my psychology paper about feng shui. (laughs) And so, and the impact your relationship with your home, right? So I came to it that way, which is probably Mm -hmm. a little different than most people come into feng shui, but that was my introduction to it. And so after I wrote this paper, I was even more intrigued, right? Because energy work had also always been a thing. I'd learned about it from my stepmom when I was like nine, as we called it magic. Of course, we didn't call it energy work. But as I grew (laughs) up, I started to really understand what she was teaching me. And so I understood the basis of like feng shui and what this, this was. It was really about getting into alignment with the energy so that you can manifest life. And I was like, oh, I've been looking for this for 30 years, you know? Well, like, yeah. I found it. Yay. But it didn't quite make sense to me. Like, I couldn't quite figure out how to implement it just out of the books I was reading. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, let me try to implement it in my life and see if I can 
figure it out because it didn't quite make sense yet. And so I started doing that and um, finished school. And a few years into my career, I'd moved overseas and I just started a brand new job. And my boss suddenly pulled our whole design team together one morning. And she was like, does anybody know anything about feng shui? We have this final project submitted to the client for approval. And the client rejected it back because the feng shui was wrong. Um, <laughs> right? And it was like, and nobody knew anything. Everybody was just like, um, okay. in a scramble. And so she was in a panic. Like, this is a multi-million dollar project. This mm-hmm. was not a little thing. And so she was now in this massive panic after a year's worth of work or whatever it was to be like, no. And I was the only person who volunteered and said I knew anything at all about feng shui. And she pretty much tossed the project to me and was like, here you go. Fix this. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. Right. I'm brand new on the job. And there's always that little bit of time window where it's like, you just get to learn what this company looks like, like what the job looks like here. Exactly. And that's when I got thrown this thing. So I was like, oh, great. And now I'm in a panic because I don't necessarily feel like I 100% understand feng shui. Like I've read a hundred books at this point, you know, six or seven years in, and I don't, I still don't know if I know what I'm doing. And I don't know what they know. It's more important. Like yeah. I'm nervous that the client might know more than me and I might be doing it wrong. Yeah. So I was kind of in a panic, but I really had fun and I really fell in love with the whole process. Like to me, it completed something, right? Designing a room for people that was just the way they wanted it to look, it wasn't quite finished. But when I started doing this energetic part and really getting them into alignment, it was more like it fit suddenly. Mm -hmm. But of course, I was still in that place of, oh my gosh, I don't know if I know what I'm doing. So of course, I, being me, I went back to school, right? I went, I was like, (laughs) I don't know why none of this makes sense, but there's got to be a reason why this book says this thing and that book says this thing and they all say something different and why it doesn't make sense. So I found a school that actually taught feng shui and I delved into it much deeper and started to learn all of those things. And then I was like, okay, now, now I've got something. Now I can, you know, take this on. So most of my listeners probably have just heard the term. And really don't know where it fits into anything. So you've kind of said it's the energetic movement within a space. But is there a way to kind of sum it up the benefits and how you would define it? Yeah, it's the study of the flow of energy in your space. It's, It's about the relationship between you and your space at an energetic level, right? It's about the study of that, the flow of energy in the environment and how it moves and where it moves and how it impacts us like its impact on people and your relationship with it. And so the reason you got different information from different sources is because it changes based on the environment very frequently or based on the people? No, actually, the reason I got so much misinformation, (laughs) Uh this is one more thing that we can chalk up to Donald Trump, because he was the one that really introduced it to the United States when he broke ground on Trump Tower in 1995, Mm -hmm. I think it was. He hired a feng shui consultant to to do that building because there was so much real estate being purchased from Asian people in New York and they were very interested in buying properties that had feng shui. And so he didn't actually believe in feng shui. He just used it as a marketing tool to sell it to Asian people. But oh. shortly thereafter, because 
they were selling like hotcakes at top end prices in New York real estate market. All of a sudden, then everybody jumped on the bandwagon and decided they were a feng shui expert too, and they could just write a book. And so they started writing a bunch of books that aren't real feng shui. They're just fake feng shui, but they made up a bunch of crap that makes them sound like an expert. And then they just sold the books. And so now, of course, in America and all over the rest of the rest of the world is, you know, garbage feng shui. That's not the real thing at all because (laughs) yay, capitalism, right? Let's just, everybody just jumps in on board and... And wants to just sell their garbage. So yeah, it's so, a marketing tool, but didn't necessarily did. have anything behind well, it. Right. Because they weren't marketing actual feng shui. They were just selling their garbage. Because feng shui takes a long time to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's complicated. It's a science. Mm-hmm. It's based in architecture and physics and geometry and design. So there's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of calculations involved in doing it. And I mean, I see people post up all the time. They'll be like, yeah, there's too much work involved. So I'm just going to do this and call it feng shui. <laughs> and it's like, you are what makes it bad. You are the what gives it a bad name, right? When you've got those people out there. And that's literally what happened. A bunch of oh, people wow. just jumped on the bandwagon and called themselves experts and wrote books that were garbage because they didn't actually understand the principles or the methodologies and couldn't be bothered to to spend their time learning because they weren't interested in that. I was actually interested in the result because I was interested in changing my life. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a super abusive household. So when Mm -hmm. I was introduced to magic at like nine years old, I literally thought that was the answer for me to escape the situation that I was in. So Mm -hmm. I studied magic diligently and all sorts of things about energy work from the time I was nine, pretty much my whole life, because to me, it just... It started off as the answer, and then it became interesting and fascinating. It's so exciting that it has all of this science and math and pieces behind it that I think a lot of people don't recognize being part of what makes that energy flow happen and what makes the design work the way that it works. Because I think even the principles I've heard seem to be really simple about with corners, but they don't go into detail about what exactly needs to happen. Because most people have been introduced to fake feng shui, which is also why it's been vilified so much, because it can't be proven as real, because mostly what they're trying to prove is the fake people, as opposed to actually going back to the source and looking at the original feng shui teachings, the traditional or classic, which is where I ended up getting studied. I went to school to study traditional feng shui and learned all of this stuff. And then I was like, oh, okay, so now let me lose the real thing so I can start applying it to my own life. Like I said, I grew up in a violently abusive household and I would reach the stage on my healing journey where I was working on my relationship with men and wanting to find love again. And so I was actually in this coaching program with about 50 other women. Mm -hmm. We were all on a mission to heal ourselves and find love again. Most of us had been through a divorce. A few people had been widowed or, you know, just We'd had past relationships and we wanted something healthier going forward. And since I was just finishing up with school and kind of looking like, all right, I need some guinea pigs like, so that I can start. Because I'd only been applying it to my life for years yeah. with all the fake stuff and trying to figure it out. Now I was like, now I know how to do it for real. Now I need to practice so I can yeah. get good at it. And so I, I literally went to my group of these women and I was like, let me help you feng shui your house, make room for this romance, for this love interest that you're going to bring in. And so I started working with 
all of these women just one-on-one with mm-hmm. designing their space. They lived all over the world, right? So I was trying to figure out how to do it virtually too, like you yeah. and I were doing. And so this was like at the beginning stages of figuring out my business model before I started my own business when I was working for somebody else. And I'd be talking to these women about trying to feng shui their house. And I'm like, all right, we have to get rid of all the clutter that's there now. You don't have to get rid of everything, but let's at least get rid of the clutter that you don't want. We have more or less a blank slate to work with. Mm -hmm. Then we can move everything into alignment and get the feng shui right. And then we can design it beautifully. And then you can have this wonderful space that you get to live in that is designed specifically to help you manifest the life that you're trying to create, the love that you're trying to create, this relationship. And so I started working with these women and every one of them inevitably got stuck right there at clutter. clutter. I can't declutter. I can't declutter. I cannot declutter this. They couldn't get declutter any of it. It would be one thing. It would be this other thing. Like they just couldn't get past the clutter part. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can't do the feng shui part if they can't get through the clutter part, right? So I've never had a problem with clutter. Like I've always just been like declutter, declutter. I've always been this person. So for me, it was just like an instinct to sort of coach them, right? I'm coaching them on this clutter stuff and they're talking to me and I'm learning all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is super fascinating because it's all the psychology part, right? I totally am back to the full circle of where I was introduced to feng shui. And I first heard these ideas and I thought about all the psychology and I'm like, here is where it is. Mm -hmm. None of feng shui talks about clutter other than this brief little lip of a mention of saying like how it stagnates the energy and how bad it is but then that's it like we just move on because feng shui is about the calculations and the alignment and stuff and so here i am with all these clients that are stuck in clutter and i'm diving into some psychology books like i'm doing what i can coaching them just instinctively but what can i dig in more and what am i learning and Really, it was like a master's degree, right? In learning (laughs) about all of this, because it really is all of the trauma. It's all of the trauma that we are carrying around from all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what the clutter is. It's all that reflection when your home is just a mirror, right? It's an energetic extension, right? It's an extension of your energetic frequency. We treat it that way, right? That's why we decorate. We want it to reflect us. We want it to reflect the things that we love and the colors that we like and all of those things, but it also reflects all the stuff that we don't realize we're carrying around. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like this several years worth of just fascinating study and learning and growth with working with these women of of really helping them. And then I got an injury. I was still growing this business. It was still starting. So I was still part-time and I was still working full-time. I was doing both things at once. And uh, I was injured pretty badly, actually. And it became this big, giant workman's comp battle, basically, that drug out for about three years Mm. because it took almost a year and a half for me to get a diagnosis, right? Between all of the, no, you can't go to this appointment and no, you don't really need that specialist, but you need to come to our independent medical examiners who we will tell you who they are and we will pay them and We will even tell them what to say. And so it took like a year and a half to figure out that I had torn a tendon in my groin. And so every time I took a step, I was causing serious injury to my body. Took almost three years to get surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in the meantime, I had just been sort of starting this business and kind of growing it. I actually reached 
the point where I had hired somebody to help me. Like, okay, now I have all these clients and I don't know what to do next. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was stuck. I was on bed rest for most of three years. I couldn't get any treatment. I And I reached a point where I honestly became my own client because mm-hmm. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. My house started to get cluttered. The energy started to stagnate in my space. And I actually was like, okay, well, I'm going to design my own space to help me with my healing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fluctuate my space specifically instead of finding love. Now I'm going to do it really specifically geared towards this healing idea. Mm-hmm. And I started doing yoga in my space and it really started noticing and putting it all together, the process of how it works. Because like I said, I've been studying energy and magic forever and I got it, this whole raising the vibration of the space. And so every time I would do yoga in the space, it would be like generating all of this stuff. And I was like, aha, I get it. Like feng shui makes sense to me, but it totally changed like everything about then how I worked with clients. Like I restructured everything about this is how the work goes. Like this is, Mm -hmm. this is what you need to do to truly create a space that changes your life. I changed my whole business model. Like I stopped working with those women and I started really focusing on working with entrepreneurs on their space to really help them in that process of becoming (laughs) version of who they are. And it's evolved over the years since then. But yeah, that's how I got here. (laughs) You got there. So with the clutter, again, like feng shui is the study of the energy and the movement and bringing that energy in so you can manifest the things that you want. And Mm -hmm. so with that clutter is what's stagnating it all. I'm guessing or most of your clients that the clutter is what's stopped them. And you talked a little bit about how that's a reflection of you and where you're at. I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, yes, I have the clutter. (laughs) I identify with that. Can you talk a little bit more about that connection and how you work with your clients to break that connection? Yeah. Well, it's my own framework, right? I have this framework, the design life method, and it's sort of like a four-step thing, mind, body, soul, home. So the first part of that is we talk about the clutter, like I Mm -hmm. said, because it is a reflection. It is a barometer for what's current, right? Because we come in and we decorate our home generally with what we want people to see or how we want that to look. But as we're living in it instinctively, it's a barometer for what's current, right? I'll give you a good example. Mm -hmm. If If you ever get the flu or you get sick and you're in bed for a few days, right? You tend to keep the lights off, the curtains closed, everything is dark and dingy, and you'll start to get a pile of some dirty dishes or maybe some tissues, you know, dirty clothes in the space, right? In your bedroom, like your nightstand might be now covered with four or five dirty cups or maybe some bowls, some used Kleenexes, and and it's just kind of gross. All of that will now stagnate up the energy in the space and start to slow things down. But it's because you started it. You were sick. You started to slow down, right? Now, as a result of that, all this stuff, all this clutter is happening, which will then slow down the flow of energy in your space to match you, right? Because it's a barometer. When you start to feel better, your first instinct will be to clean up your room. Mm -hmm. Because now you're moving and now you got energy moving. It's our natural instinct. But if you're sick and you want to feel better, and almost everybody has done this at least once too. You get up, you take a shower, you get dressed, you clean up your space, 
And suddenly you feel better Mm -hmm. because you intentionally got that energy moving and it helps with the sickness because it helped pull it out of your body because it's a barometer for what's going on. So you can change the inside by changing the outside Mm -hmm. because the outside is a reflection of what's going on inside. Perfect. Right. So the same is true of all your clitter. It's a reflection of what's going on internally. Most of us just have a tendency to put it in boxes and try to hide it in the closet or under the bed or, you know, in a cabinet somewhere. And a lot of it is straight up clutter, visible, loud and crowd, hanging on the wall, sitting on the counters. It's just out there, but it's still clutter. And a lot of that is just because we don't even recognize what our clutter is. Ooh, yeah, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> to identify what our clutter is before we can get it to move. Right, that's the first step. That's literally the first step. I have my own method. In fact, I can share it with yeah. your audience. They can download it for free at declutteryourmindset.com. And literally the first step of that is to discover your clutter because most of us have no idea. We think it's trash is clutter and it's yes. And mm-hmm. clutter is more than just trash. It's all sorts of things. It's everything that you don't need, use or love. So we have a lot of clutter floating around that most of us don't even recognize as clutter. And it's all the time, 24-7, 365, reflecting that barometer to you of all of those like limiting beliefs and the baggage that you've been carrying around probably since birth, right? All of it before you were seven. Mm -hmm. All the things you want to get to and don't get to and (laughs) you just stack up and (laughs) add up and cause pile. (laughs) Right. Usually it looks like scarcity or worthiness or obligation clutter is what I tend to find mostly as I'm working with clients. And it tends to go in a cycle. You don't have just one. Everybody has generally all three of them, but they'll just go in a cycle, sort of like a spiral, right? As you'll declutter a little bit, then you move into the next one and then the next one, and then you'll be back at the first one because it's just like anything else. We're always growing and evolving. So Our clutter is always evolving as well. Something might not be clutter today and tomorrow it could be clutter. And so when that happens, it has to be moved along in order to keep that flow of energy going. Great work that you do. I love that you've been (laughs) doing this. How long have you been doing this work specifically with that clutter and working more individually with people? Oh, for a very long time. Uh, 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I'm sure it's made a big difference for a lot of folks. And so now you do specialize more with entrepreneurs. Do you work with others or just specifically with entrepreneurs? Um, I mean, I have other people too because I help them with their clutter. But uh, mostly I try to work specifically with women that are entrepreneurs to help them on their office space because their mission is big businesses that change the world. And right now, I think we need that. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Like, if we really are going to put an end to these systems, these patriarchal systems of white supremacy and oppression of, of women and people of color, we have to have something to fill that with. And these are the types of businesses that I want to support and why I feel like it's so important because the work that we do applies to everything, right? When we talk about clutter, it's not just your office, it's your whole home and your whole life. But Most of the work I do, especially one-on-one with clients, is working with them on their office and their bedroom spaces. So what is the first thing you do with a business that's connected to the work around the the feng shui? What's their first step? 
Is it doing the download that you have around the decluttering? I would always start with decluttering. Yeah, it's going to help you. The first step is really to be getting to that sole purpose business, right? The business that really inspires you and drives you. But sometimes we got to declutter a lot of crap to get to it, right? It took me seven businesses to figure out that was my passion and that was my purpose. The sixth business was close. I was, <laughs> I was still helping women and I was still helping them to feel empowered in their lives around their relationships. And a lot of the work I do today still affects their relationships because businesses are all about relationships. It's just more focused. So yeah, you really have to get there, but sometimes we have to declutter all the stuff that's in the way mm-hmm. to be able to unpack that. Yeah. Um, always start with the clutter. Always start with that. What are some of the biggest myths that you're entrepreneurs walk into the space when they work with you? What's the biggest myths that they have about this work? Uh, <laughs> that they can wait till later. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the biggest myth, that it's really not that important and then it can wait. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, I'll hire an interior designer and design this office after, right? After I've reached six figures or seven figures or eight figures. And that's a part of the conditioning, right? Because that's what we're taught as this is a reward. This is a luxury, but it's not. It's very mandatory because the thing is you have feng shui, whether you do it intentionally or not. Mm -hmm. You're just either living very instinctively and letting yourself struggle until you get there or you do it up front and you make that change. And now you get the flow of energy so that you're in alignment with it and make it all easier. Right? Mm-hmm. You're swimming with the flow instead of swimming upstream. But we're taught, we're taught so many wrong things, right? Everything, it seems like everything we're taught is literally the opposite of what's real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going to make things flow for us and work for us right. and have things in alignment. Right. Definitely. Sort of like if you work harder, you'll make more money. Yeah. But that's <laughs> not how rich people do it. Rich people yeah. don't work harder. Pretty much everything we've been taught is completely backwards of the truth. Yes, and it takes a lot to undo some of that conditioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. You figured all of this out and decoded it and sharing that information with others and getting them there as well. It's funny. Both of those two questions you just asked me, I've literally just finished uploading YouTube videos about both of those back to back. I did videos for each one. I was uploading them yesterday to YouTube. Um, And I talked about both of those exact things in my most recent videos. (laughs) Oh, that's great. See, that was right into the fact that you get to share that you have a YouTube channel where you do regularly share these tips and tricks and pieces of information. Do you want to share the content for that too? Um, Sure. You can find me on just Watch Crystal TV, a bit.ly, right? Do a bit.ly link to Watch Crystal TV and you can find me. Excellent. We will have all those links in the show notes so you guys can easily connect with her. But I like, I usually drive or I'm doing other things that I listen to podcasts. So I like hearing it as well as being able to find it later. So I get a little tag for it. That's (laughs) wonderful. Yes, this is very useful. And then in September, you're also launching some more of your individual work then. So people can kind of connect with you and you have a place where they can connect with you to be able to set up a time to talk with you about that. Yes, I'm going to be taking on -on one-on-one clients again. I have not taken on one-on-one science this year. So this will be the first time this year I'll be taking on six to work with me for three months on their clutter and on their office space. 
And yeah, they can book an appointment with me to have a conversation about their office and kind of like, what's the struggle? What do you need help with? How can I help you? And are we a good fit? They can absolutely book a call to chat with me about that at peaceandprosperityalignment.com. Okay. And make sure we have that in the show notes as well so they can find you. That's wonderful. And we are getting close to our time. So this is actually where we get to talk to you about what you do to take care of yourself. So what do you do for self-care in your world, Crystal? A couple of things, actually, or a lot of things, maybe I should say. I am absolutely fanatical about doing yoga every single day. I still do it. I have not missed a day since 2016. Actually, that's not true. I missed five days in 2018 after I had surgery to fix my leg. I do yoga every single day, about two hours worth in the morning as soon as I wake up. I spend some time out in nature every day, walking, sitting under a tree, doing whatever. Declutter. (laughs) Declutter. (laughs) I I do it. I do it. I have it scheduled multiple times a year. It's kind of my go-to self-care thing. If something is feeling wrong with Mm -hmm. me, if I'm feeling off, my first instinct is to go declutter and figure out what the problem is because I know I can solve it that way quickly. I am a huge fan of hot springs. I'm so Ooh. glad to be back in Portland. I've missed the hot springs while we were gone. My favorite, favorite, favorite one is here. So I have already my plans to go at the end of September after my lunch. Aww. Yes, that is my absolute favorite self-care. I try to go often to the hot springs. Very good stuff. Self-care mm-hmm. is very important. So one thing we do here at The Grit Show is we actually give all of our guests a thank you for being on this show. And so we have a series of coloring books we've started called The Color of Grit. And so, nice. the, yes. So the first one is out. It's called Vintage Mermaid and Magnificent Ocean. And the second one is You Got This, Funny Inspirational Quotes, which is still unprocessed. But you can choose either one of those and we will send you a copy of one of those coloring books to add oh. to your self-care. Which would you like? Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know which one to choose. Surprise me. I want a surprise. That's what I want. (laughs) I love surprise. I love gifts. Gifts is totally my love language. (laughs) And so, yeah, surprises are the best. Yes. Surprise me. Well, good. I got to make sure I get your address for you so that we can send that to you. I love it. Thank you. Definitely. So it's something that our listeners can walk away with today that they can apply from this. We definitely talked about decluttering. Do you recommend first that they download your five-step guide to look at, or is there a first step that they just start looking around at what might be their clutter or what some first steps they can take? Download the guide for sure, because the guide will walk you through those steps. And yes, the first step is look around, but it's written on the guide. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right there, right there. Just start with that and The advice that I would give you hand in hand with that guide is to understand that it is a relationship that you have with your space. Just start treating your home and your space like you would treat your best friend. See what happens. Ooh, I like that. So start treating your space like your best friend and see how things start to change. Mm -hmm. I like that very much. And so you guys all know you can connect with Crystal on her YouTube channel at Watch Crystal TV. She's launching in September, so you can also connect with her if you're interested in being part of that. And of course, declutteryourmindset.com is where you can get that five-step guide. Thank you so much for being here, Crystal. We learned a lot. It's been great to be here with you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. 
right now during the month of August 2022. On the main page of our website, thegritshow.com, there's a giveaway. When you enter that giveaway, one of the steps is to get on the mailing list. So you'll get the free samples of our coloring pages. And you'll be entered to win one of the five coloring books that's being given away and a $50 gift card. You can only enter through August 30th, so time is running out. Be sure to go over there and do that right now before you miss your window. The winners will be notified via email, and we'll share their names with you the first Tuesday in September. You can also find out what was chosen as the gift card. Amazon is the default, but we're hoping to give someone something like a spa gift card, a card to their favorite restaurant. We want you to do a little self-care, and not that buying items on Amazon isn't self-care, but you might have something else in mind that we want to be supportive of. So go over to thegritshow.com and enter to win the Grit Show Color My Summer and $50 gift card giveaway. You might be one of our winners. I hope the end of your summer is going well. I know I can't believe August is winding down. In case no one has told you lately, you are the only one of you that this world has got, and that means something. I look forward to connecting with you on Thursday.